Welcome to Expanding Your Faith with Bishop Gregory Godsey and Father Matthew Schnabel. Expanding Your Faith looks at modern faith and spirituality questions, as well as conducts interviews with movers and shakers in different and varied faith traditions. Our broadcast is brought to you by the hardworking staff at the Office of Communications and Media Relations in the Old Catholic Churches International. Stay tuned as we work on expanding your faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Expanding Your Faith. I'm Bishop Greg. Uh, today, we are going to be discussing uh, transgender rights and transgender issues. We have uh, two guests with us. One you all already know, and that's uh, uh, Maximus Spider Max, our uh, producer for uh, our podcast. Uh, hello, Spider. Hola. Uh, Spider will be talking about issues as it relates to female to male transgender individuals. Yep. And we also have uh, someone that I just met this evening, Luna, uh, my daughter. Hello. And Luna will be discussing um, uh, male to female transgender issues uh, tonight on our podcast. So, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Spider, you want to start us off and discuss kind of your journey um, uh, as a trans sure. individual? So, yeah. So being trans is not easy, as though so many people think it is just like a flip of the switch. Um, I knew I was in the wrong body when I was five. Some people know sooner. Some people like figure it out later. Um, my parents are dead set against any part of the LGBTQIA. So letting them know when I was five, I didn't really realize what trans was. I knew that I was meant to be a boy. And I told them, you know, hey, I know I'm in the wrong body. I'm meant to be a boy, you know. So I got punished for that but um so then i bottled it all up for quite a few years Mm -hmm. um ended up coming out to a person from catholic charities and telling her even then at uh 14 15 i didn't know what uh being transgender was because my parents did not agree with lgbtqia so we didn't really know anything besides people that were gay you know, and that's all we knew. We didn't know lesbians existed. We only knew gay people existed. So, I uh, ended up telling this woman, and she's like, no, no, you're not meant to be a male. You're just a lesbian. I'm like, okay. That's not really how I feel, but okay. And then I ended up not telling anybody anything else until I turned 20. Two, I think and then I ended up asking a woman that works with me and explained to her how I felt and she's like oh that makes a lot of sense she's like that just means that you're transgender I'm like okay that's a new word how does that work out so I had to do a little research and I'm like oh geez there are other people like me out here I thought I was the only one for the longest time that felt the way I did so Shortly after that, I started hormones and uh, started testosterone, 
Doing those shots luckily every week. And now, the day before Thanksgiving, I'll be on uh, hormones for 10 years. And, yeah. And then, what, a month? No, two months ago. Roughly two months and a couple days ago, I had top surgery. So that's happened. And top surgery, for y'all that do not know, is when you get your chesticles removed. You know, the moves of the boobs get removed. And you end up with the flat chest. So, yeah, that's how that works so far. Okay. So, uh, Luna, you want to talk about your journey as a trans woman? Yes. Sorry. I was trying to do that. Um, so... I had a pretty good idea that something wasn't right uh, between my mind and my body when I was really young. Um, I always gravitated towards more feminine toys and feminine media and clothes. And it was kind of like, um, at the time, it wasn't as so strong that anyone really batted much of an eye at it until about high school when... I got crippling anxiety and other things, and I couldn't figure out what the met, what the problem was, but all I could tell my doctor was it felt like I wasn't in my body. <clears throat> and the doctor was like, oh, I don't know what that means, so here's some anxiety medication. So, uh, and that helped a little bit, but not exactly. Um, and the interesting thing for me was um, the way I actually started thinking about even transitioning was through... Uh, a YouTuber I grew up with who had presented masculine for the whole time I knew them <clears throat> and when I finally found them again uh, they had transitioned they were going by a new name and had taken hormones and had surgery and I saw them and I was like oh my gosh they're so pretty I didn't know people I didn't know people could do this I knew trans people and trans individuals existed I just you know I'd never thought about it and the more I thought about it, and the more I considered it, I was like, maybe that's how I feel. And so I took a couple of months, tested the waters, and was like, oh, yeah, now I understand. Um, I haven't had any of the surgeries. I haven't started hormones yet, which I want to. But, you know, a college student, I'm broke. <laughs> but, um... It's been a long journey, even though I haven't started any of that. And I haven't even begun, really. Um, we can get more into that later, if we want. Yeah, because okay. you're just at the age where I started. Yeah. So, the fun stuff. <laughs> so, what would you like to share with people about uh, what your daily life as a trans individual um <coughs> kind of looks like, especially dealing with people in society who can be real pricks sometimes about yes, transgender issues. Spider, you first. Um, so from my experience, starting out transitioning, uh, even right when you start hormones, you don't automatically get a deep voice, you don't automatically get facial hair, and not everybody gets facial hair. Let me make that very clear. Not everyone gets facial hair while on testosterone. 
it is with genetics that you do or don't get facial hair. So that leads for a lot of problems for some trans men who can't grow facial hair because it's just not in their genes to grow it. But um, a lot of, like, the main things that are very hard from the start of your transition is the whole bathroom issue. Because what people don't realize is whether we are trans men or trans women, we are not pedophiles. Okay? Just because you are trans does not make you a pedophile. We are trans because that is how God made us. God made us to challenge y'all's minds and make y'all have a little bit more to think about to see if you love us. You know, but um, the whole bathroom thing is a big thing because when I started transitioning, before I actually came out as trans, my hair was short and whatever, and I wore, you know, more male clothes and stuff. So I still was going in the women's bathroom because I was so scared going into the men's that something was going to happen. And the one time a lady chased me out the women's bathroom, it was smacking me with her purse. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can't, you know, go in there anymore. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to try it. And, you know, I am like, all right, the key thing is don't look at anybody else. Keep your head up and stay in your own business, you know. And so that's what I did. And I just went in, not on tea, nothing. You know, no facial hair, still had my chest. I was binded at the time, but, you know, I still had my chest. And I went in there, and nothing happened. Nobody even batted an eye of me being there. Now, the hard thing is for trans men, what uh, most people don't get is... In men's bathrooms, there is no, normally only one stall. If we have not had bottom surgery yet, we can't stand and use a urinal without a prosthetic. <laughs> That's true. And if we do not have the hundred plus dollars to get a good prosthetic that works, we have to use the stall. But there is only one stall in most men's bathrooms. So... There's that huge issue that needs to be dealt with, you know, and I found out going to school, you know, they had the, uh, what is it called, the gender neutral or the family restrooms mm -hmm. or whatever. If it's for some people, if you use one of those, that automatically outs you because everybody knows you're going in there for a reason. Yeah. So... For anybody that's trans that gets that stupid comment, the only thing you can say is, oh, I don't like shitting in front of other people. That is the easiest way to get away with it. Because <laughs> you want to be in peace. So that is what I use all the time. And it's worked so far. So far, so good. Knock on wood. <laughs> you know, nobody, everybody's like, oh, I get that. I get that. It's a privacy thing. Yeah, it's a privacy thing. <laughs> you know. So that's a great excuse to use. You know, for that, but people can be very mean out there. Um, I have had people who had known me before transitioning who refused to uh, call me with male pronouns. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, do I look like a chick? No. 
you know, but you just got to keep correcting them. And if they really want to be ignorant, just start misgendering them and they get agitated enough, they get the picture. Yep. So, but yeah, go for it, Luna, my dear. Oh, hold on, I lied, I lied, hold on. One thing, I lied, Luna. Cyberpoet had a question, and uh, I am on the shots not to gel, and I do them weekly. Some people do them every two weeks, some people get it once a month, and you can also get an implanted thing to where it releases testosterone for a while. So, for like three months. Anyway, sorry, go ahead, Luna. No, you're good. Um, I was going to say, yeah, the bathroom thing is a huge issue that I dealt with. Uh, because, you know, I started coming out in high school. <coughs> so my first concern as I was starting to wear makeup and all this other stuff was, uh, I need somewhere I need to be able to piss. Uh, and not get uh, murdered. Because there were many students who made it very clear that if they found me in the bathroom, they were going to assault me. So I went to the principal and was like, I need somewhere to go. And they were like, okay, you can use the teacher workroom bathrooms and the two gender-neutral bathrooms that are on the opposite sides of the campus. So I was like, all right. So that was that was one of my first big issues. Um, <coughs> trying to find gender-neutral bathrooms is impossible, basically. And when you do find one, everyone sees you. They know. It's like, just like... Spider said they know. Um, but you know, I just tell them take a picture, it'll last longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get a lot of that in the South, especially just people staring. You'll get this whole like, it's almost like that they're trying to figure you out look. And depending on how much effort you put into like passing that day, if you're just not feeling it or whatnot you'll get more stares because they'll be like wait they're wearing a purse but they are also wearing uh, masculine uh, shorts and the, and the people here will take that offensively <coughs> and they they will stare at you you'll even look at, yelled at you'll get, I've been catcalled several times here too and that's a little weird to me but those are all issues I've had to deal with Okay. Now, I, I do know it's, and I want to make this clear to a lot of people, you know, I've noticed this over time since I've started transitioning. It is a lot difficult, more difficult, a lot more difficult, however English puts that, for trans women to carry on an easy daily life than trans men. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because... Not everybody gets it there on hormones. Trans women, their voices do not go higher. No. They have to, yeah, y'all have to go through voice training for it. And I I have not been doing my exercises. I've, I've watched some people who tell you exercises you can do. I have not done them in a long while, so my voice has gotten back down a little deeper than it, it was. But I used to have exercises I do and had a voice I put on. And that's hard because, like, you'll do it, but you'll feel like it feels almost bad because you had to force it, basically. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. You have to work for it. Yeah. And, you know, it, 
there are hormone blockers to stop before you get to puberty. Those can be a loophole to get through. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so it, it's one of those things when you're younger, if your parents are, <laughs> that's the key word, if your parents are okay with you being trans because that's what a big thing is, big issue, then you can start hormone blockers. If you start hormone blockers as a trans woman, though, I'm not sure. Do you know, Luna, if they would, their voice would get higher or? Um, no, because of the, because of the way it works. Okay. Because of the body chemistry, I, I do not think it does. Okay. It just doesn't do it. I just know. So you either help. had to do training or you had to get, um, oh, I don't remember the name of the surgery, but there's a surgery yeah. that you do on your throat. Yeah. <coughs> Lady has a question. Yes. Did, Did you I have, have, yeah, go ahead. Did you have more problems in high school or afterwards? Uh, definitely high school. Life has actually gotten a little easier after high school. Like, it's kind of surprising. Uh, the South is awful, but usually only online. <laughs> or at big events. So if I'm sitting in mine at the store, I mean, I get stared at, like I said, and I'll get catcalled. But, like, I've never had anyone confront me. Which is, I don't know if that's a blessing or like... Yeah, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, rather if I'm lucky or not. I don't know if anyone else... I'm sure they've yeah. been, been confronted, but I haven't had that happen to me yet. Yeah, I, I know there's a trans woman that lives down the street from me. Shockingly enough, I have not introduced myself to her yet. Um, because she's very put off. She just It's a V-line to the car, get in the car, go. V-line back to the house with her girlfriend, you know, and Aww. it's one of those things that she hasn't realized how many times I've stood up for her <laughs> because people will say something and I'm like, oh, no, no, y'all got to realize that is a full-fledged woman right there. They're like, but she was born male. I said, yeah, I said, and I was born female and I'm a full-fledged man to y'all. And they're like, but it's different. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, being trans, whether you're female to male or male to female, either way, you're still trans. You can't hate one side of it because you think that it is an illusion or that they are uh, mis... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mis... Uh, leading y'all. Oh, yeah. You know, because... There are trans women that are straight, that are trans women that are lesbians, there are trans women that are bi, just as well as any other cisgender person, which is somebody who is born in the gender and stays in the gender that they were born in. You know, know. And, and same with trans men. There are gay trans men, which are trans men who like other men, you know, and stuff like that. You know, I think that's a good point, too, that she brought up, is like, it seems that there's this double standard in society. Mm -hmm. Like, with trans men, it's like... I, I feel like with trans men, they disrespect them because they just see it as, like, being tomboyish, basically. Yes. It's like... But, like, when you're, like, male to female, it's almost like... it's To them, it's almost like you're giving up your strength. Because it, they it's see... It's something. Yeah. Because they see, like, feminine, like, femininity as, like, weakness. Yeah. Or, like, lesser. And so they see you, like, as a less than... Yeah, and uh, 
Bishop Ben has a question. His is for both of us. What age did we realize we were trans, and how did it affect you telling your parents? Yeah. Do you want to go first? Because uh, yours is much more accepting. Sure. Uh, so I guess well, that's a good question. <laughs> the, when did you realize? Because there was a period in middle school too where I started wearing nail polish and other stuff, but I didn't have a word for it. Right. And that's the problem, it is like not knowing when you're a kid that the word of being transgender is an actual thing. And it's kind of weird because, you know, you know, my father, it's like, you'd think I would have connected the dots in my head or something because I was around. Like, yeah. Oh, why would I do that? You're a kid. You don't know no better. So around, so around, I don't know, 15 We'll say like 15, 16 was around my age. And uh, telling my dad was just like, hey, so I'm trans. They were like, that's cool. <laughs> I told mom, and my mom was like, that's different. <laughs> that was about it. That was the story. Yeah, so I knew I was Well, five. it was a little bit I, more than that. Uh, it was a little more since, than that. Since okay, I am sure. her father. <laughs> yeah, it was a little more than that with with like the rest of my family and she came and told me and I told her that we loved her still and that nothing would change that she was still our child and I think it's important though that we we give that part of the story because so many parents it's just like whatever and then they just turn around and then they treat their kids like crap and so you know we have to be uh, real about it, you know, I made sure that, that you understood the moment you came out that you were still loved and that it didn't change anything in my eyes as far as you being our chi child. So oh, it was yeah. just going to be, we were going to refer to you differently now. We were going to see you as fem female instead of male and that that didn't matter really uh, to us. What mattered was we loved you and you were our child and so I think it's important that people hear that side of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was actually kind of funny when I when I did come out. So the actual story was I was sitting with some friends of mine at the time, and they were like, "You really should tell your parents," because it had been like several months at this point. And I was like, "No, nah, it's fine." They were like, "No, you should tell them." So I went into the room, and they were on the phone with my uncle at the time. Very bad timing. <laughs> so I come in, and I'm like, "So, Dad, I'm trans." He looks at me and his first response is okay and then he goes to my uncle and he's like I'm going to have to call you back in a minute <laughs> <laughs> but then that's when we had the discussion they were like you know we love you that's not going to change it was very nice mom was See, a little different story because it took her a little bit of getting used to but yeah but she's very sweet she's just old school old yeah Go ahead, Spider. So, mine's the opposite, which is the fun thing. Um, my parents absolutely despise me and continuously remind me that they want me dead. So, it's one of those things. Um, I Again, I knew when I was five. I just, I, I knew something was off. Um, I didn't like anything girls liked. I didn't want to do anything they did. And uh, when I was five, my parents made me drink a whole bottle of Dawn when they found, you know, I told them I wanted to be a boy. 
So that was how that went. Um, but that, you know, I mean, as I was older, you know, when I was 22, when I, you know, I told him, I'm like, look, this is what it is. It's not changing. Um, it, it got very, you know, set offish. I have been called an it since then. And that's, I, I don't like when people say that that is now a pronoun. I'm sorry, but it being an it is not a pronoun uh, to me because I've had people call me a her, him, it, and then say, oh, you're just a hermit because you're a her, him, it, you know? So it's one of those things. Um, I do have a daughter, and when, as she was getting a little older, I explained to her, you know, how I was her mom and I was a man, you know, and it's funny because kids get it. Kids understand it. They're like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's fine. So you like boy things and you're, you know, a boy, you know, but uh, things over the years get a little bit more uh, violent with my adoptive parents and my biological parent well mom because I don't know my dad is just as bad so the one thing I wish parents would know though is your kids need you no matter what they are terrified to death to tell you that they are part of the LGBTQIA of any form because it is not socially acceptable um and I do wholeheartedly wish my parents would, you know, even say they love me. But ever since they first, when I first told them when I was five, you know, they, I haven't gotten a hug from them since or an I love you. So y'all being parents, if your kid is LGBTQIA, freaking love really goes a long fucking way. Whether you agree with it or not, Statistics are inevitable. Most people that commit suicide, you know, the LGBTQIA people, we, a lot of us kind of end it quickly because we can't stand not having a family. And that's a very good point. Um, I think it's that's why I take exception to so many people who come in our lives and they're like well my kid came out and I told them uh, I don't agree with you and you're wrong but I still love you uh, no because when you say but you have negated everything you just said yes. so in other words I don't really love you because I don't agree with what you're doing and you're just um, put on a facade so the world thinks you love them. that's right and uh, it's uh, it's very important that the first words they hear out of your mouth is that they love you, yeah, and that you love them, and that you are there for them, that they are still your child, and um, nothing's going to change that. You know, you don't have to agree with what they're doing. But the moment you say that you disagree with them, you don't love them, or you uh, don't support their decision, that's it. 
you've destroyed that relationship for God knows how long, if ever, if you can ever repair it. Yes. You may never be able to repair it. And you've lost your child. You've completely lost your child. And, and most LGBTQIA youth um, commit suicide because they have no support from their family and friends. Um, they end up on the streets. They end up uh, abusing drugs. They end up in prostitution and stuff to support themselves because they have nothing. They have no other way to take care of themselves. And that ends up being a huge issue. So Bishop Ben has a question. He says, another question for both. As trans individuals, what would you like to see changed in today's society and in today's church? Spider? Uh, in, in society? Let's just go with society first. <laughs> in society, we are human. We are freaking people. And everybody's emotions are valid. Everybody's feelings are valid. Um, whether it just be a trans thing or an LGBTQIA thing or a, you know, person of color or an indigenous person or anybody. Everybody has freaking emotions. The bullying, the, you know, trolls, all that shit that happens affects so much of a person's mindset and their well-being that it's insane. There are some people out there, and I'm one of them, you know, that I will replay everything that is negative that has been said to me until it eats me alive. And what people don't get is when people do that, it, it pushes them almost to the edge. And what you don't get if you are the one that is trolling or bullying, you are the cause of that person's destruction. Your words cut so much deeper than a knife would ever cut a person. Agreed. You know. And then church-wise, we are freaking people. We belong. The Bible says nothing against the LGBTQIA. (laughs) Read the Hebrew. (laughs) Luna? So, for me, with society first, um, I guess... A lot with what Spider said with the whole we're people. Uh, we deserve respect. There's no reason that because of how we identify or our journey, there's no reason you should instantly disrespect us just for that. Um, I'd, I'd say I'd like to see more representation and more representation without people, you know, flipping out or losing their lid over any sort of insinuation of a trans person in any sort of media or on the news or whatever. Um, and in today's church, oh Lord, um, not speaking of our own, but um, churches, I believe, need to stop using uh, things that people really rely on to basically spread hate. <clears throat> the people that these people preach to, they seriously like lean on their religion for you know support and for their own health and stuff and when you go up there on the pulpit and you spread hate and you tell people to spread that hate to other people that's damaging yes. to everybody yes so I think that has to stop everywhere 
So Nate uh, has a question on TikTok when describing, he's talking about uh, non-binary <coughs> individuals, when describing them, what should I call them? For example, he is or she is. So the pronouns for most non-binary are they, them, although some non-binary use he, they, she, they, you know, there's a lot of different, it just depends on the non-binary individual. But it would be like uh, they are um, and... Um, yeah, they are. Yes, Spider. So I've, I've come to this conclusion on my own uh, accord because I do sometimes have a hard time, you know, telling people it's genders apart. And, you know, I mean, it's something that happens, right? So I have gotten to the point where because I am, like, really nervous to be like, hey, what's your pronouns? Because then some people, when you go to ask them their pronouns... They're like, oh, can't you tell? No, sometimes you really can't. But uh, my thing is, is I have gotten to the point where I just call everybody they, them. If I do not know and you have not made it clear to me, I will just go with they, them. There you go. Because you cover all of your bases. There you go. Good idea. I mean, um, I've seen this from a lot of trans women. I don't know if this has happened to a lot of trans men too, but like... If you've also learned that someone's pronouns is she, her, or he, him, do not continue to call them they, them, just so yes. you don't have to do, just so you don't have to call them she, her, he, him. Yes. Yes. You, you say them until you know if they're, what they go by. And, it, and the thing <laughs> is, is I've actually, I've had a very uh, Republican person that I called the they, them. And they were not very happy with it. But I said, hey, look, are you a what or an is or a, a what? <laughs> then, you know, and they got very defensive because, you know, they're like, well, I'm a he, obviously. And I'm like, okay. I said, well, if you really, you know, and I explained that I was trans and whatnot, and they got very, you know, and they're like, well, why would you have thought any different? You know, I said, well, if you want to get really stereotypical, I said, the way you walking and swinging your hips, I said it was very feminine of you, you know? <laughs> and they, they, they didn't take that very lightly. So I just went with it, and I'm like, so there you go. And then you should have seen them walk off. It was hilarious. But So Ren has a question next. What groups do you have better relations with, and what groups do you have more negative relations with? Uh, and that's for both of you, starting with Spider. Um, I for some reason people like me and I don't know why it's very creepy and I really don't like people um, so I get along with everybody but um, they're just people that are very pushy they aren't very respectful that I tend to steer away from mm -hmm. uh, because it's fine for people to ask questions but when somebody tells you that they don't want to tell you an answer to this question or that question, you need to respect that. Because as a trans person, I should not have to give you my dead name unless you are the law and my name has not legally changed. Very true. Okay? Unless it's for medical purposes or whatever, I should not have to give you my dead name for any reason. And trying to pry that out of a trans person is very degrading. 
and it can actually trigger a trans person to where they will not talk to people for a very long time yeah because the one friend i had the you know somebody ended up you know prying and prying and prying and degrading them until they gave up and gave in and told them their dead name you know and that person no longer called my friend by their chosen name they called him by their dead name just for shits and giggles for them and my friend ended up quitting school dropping out you know quitting the work and everything else and ended up living in solidarity for quite a while and so we got people to go in and actually help them out so it's a whole respect thing with negative you know people because if you respect somebody then you know it goes a long way it really does Luna so um Sorry, I spaced it out for a second there. <laughs> so the different groups, so I've, I've noticed, you know, growing up, there is a certain type of group that I just don't associate with, which is usually the tall male, drives a Ford, <laughs> goes to football games, probably drinks a beer. You know, you don't usually talk to those very people. specific. Those people yes, to, uh, those people don't tend to have very good opinions. Um, I've I've had um, I've actually had a lot. Uh, a lot of people of color have been really respectful towards me. Um, we had an issue at our school that dealt with uh, Black Lives Matter and stuff, and um, there was someone selling T-shirts, and I was the only white person to buy a T-shirt from the girl. And I wore it around school all day because we may not understand each other's issues, but we know that they are issues nonetheless. Exactly. And so it, it's been, it was a huge like respect on both sides. Um, typically, um, you know, we tend to stick in the in the community because we're scared to go outside of it. Because so many people will degrade you and treat you like crap, and you don't you don't know till it's too late, and you're already like you're already triggered. Yeah. So you tend to just try to avoid it altogether. So Nate has a question, um, and I'm going to actually answer first. I think um, as a member of the community, is there anything you hate about how people treat LGBTQ members? How would you change it? Let's say you were a world leader, and what changes would you make? Well, first of all, I, I want to address it on a little lower level than world leader. One of the things that uh, really upsets me, people assume because I have the progressive pride flag here behind me on the live video, that uh, I'm trans. And so the first thing they do is they come in and they ask me what I've got in my pants. Well, that's none of your damn business, honey. <laughs> what I have in my pants. That's like walking up to someone in the supermarket and grabbing them in the crotch to see what they have in their pants. It's not publicly acceptable there in the grocery store. It's not publicly acceptable on a chat board. It's not publicly acceptable anywhere to ask that question. If uh, I'm not going to be spending intimate time with you in a bedroom 
it's none of your damn business what I've got inside my pants. <laughs> um, as a world leader, one of the things that I would change is I would codify um, the uh, um, hate crimes enhancements across the board. You know, each state has their own hate crime laws. The federal government has its own. But I think it needs to be mandated so that it overrides all state law. Yeah. That hate crime, if it's committed, it doesn't matter where it's committed or how it's committed. It automatically is a hate crime. And I think it would stop a lot of the attacks on LGBTQIA individuals. It would certainly stop the number of people of color who are LGBTQIA being killed in the streets. Um, if they knew that they would automatically receive a hate crime enhancement, regardless of where they were, um, I think it would certainly change their minds about how they act. Uh, Spider? Um, I got a few. Uh, <laughs> I, this kind of this kind of uh, ties to it, but it's one thing that's been bugging me about the whole alright I'm just going to put it this way straight people it bothers me about straight people mainly straight cis men um <laughs> I was getting tattooed you know yesterday and for some reason the whole topic of gay guys came up um and I was wearing an LGBT QIA pride shirt at that so I don't know if that's what triggered it but um they made it very clear that if a gay guy hit them and they're cis men, that they would spit in their face. And I asked them, I said, why? And they're like, because if we're not gay, we don't want it. I said, okay, okay. So if you hit on a lesbian woman, you're doing the same thing. She doesn't want you. Mm, pretty true. You know, and you keep pushing and pushing and pushing because you think you can change how this woman views herself and who she loves. No, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Just because a gay guy thinks that you are attractive does not give you respect or the right to treat them, you know, wrong. It just it doesn't, you know. And same with trans people, you know. There are a lot, you know, because they even brought up the thing, well, if a trans woman, you know, came up to me, whatever, da-da-da, I'm like, well, what would you do, you know? And they're like, well, we probably would end up getting rid of them. And I'm like, okay. I said, but here's the thing. I said, you were attracted to them. That's right. I said, they are a woman. Whether they have the surgery, the hormones, or not, you were attracted to them. It does not matter at all what is in their pants under their shirt in their hormone lineup you know it doesn't they are a woman no matter what you know and the thing is that what cis straight people need to realize is you can't change who people are you can't there's no way you're going to they are who they are whether you forcibly, we're going to put it that way, sleep with a lesbian and try to make them change their mind. Or as I have been taught in my life, people try to make me a female again. No, that's not how it works. We are who we are. God made us this way. You will not be able to change us. 
So what I would do as a world leader is that shit would be punishable by life in prison, first off. But you're not getting out of that. And then, you know, kids, kids are our future, right? So in school, things need to be taught differently. Agreed. Sex education needs to be taught for, you know, gay, you know, sex, for lesbian sex, for straight sex, for all types. Because these kids, you don't know if they're gay. Then they're going out into the world with only straight sex knowledge. They don't know how to protect themselves against AIDS or HIV or anything because you only taught them one way. And most of those programs are abstinence only. Yes. But that's the thing, you know. The kids are our future, right? When we first moved on this block, you know, uh, I got a lot of hate because somebody found out I was trans. Mm -hmm. I got used tampons thrown on our porch. I got used pads thrown on our porch. You know, people telling me to get out of the neighborhood, threatening to kill me, blow up my car while I was in it, all this stuff. And it's like, I found out that it's fucking kids that did it. It was freaking kids that were 13 years old. Where did they learn it? Exactly, from their parents. And that's the thing. You know, (coughs) you're the one forming your child's brain. These kids are our future. And with all the hate that's going on, if your child ends up being the one on the receiving end of that hate, what are you going to do? Good point. Because good point. if you raise them to hate the LGBTQIA, who says another family doesn't teach their kid, oh, well, you need to get rid of them and make them cease to exist. So then your child come out as gay, and then that person they were friends with ends up murdering them. Yep. Like, and even if you say things and you think your kids are not listening, your kids are listening. Trust me, they are listening. Yep. Luna? Because we we all were kids before, and we got them little ears with the little satellite dishes paying attention. Sorry, no, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. You got a good point. Do you want me to repeat the question? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the question was... Uh, if, is there anything you hate about people, how people treat the LGBTQIA community? What, how would you change it? Let's say you're a world leader. What changes would you make? Oh, Lord. Where do I begin with that? Um, <laughs> so, a lot of the. Oh, gee. <laughs> so, with what you said before, with the whole people asking what's in your pants, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I never understood was, you know, gender and sex are two different things. Yes, and that's something people don't like to talk about I've talked about this before um, but there's not a lot of talk about sex positive trans people Uh, there are people who don't want bottom surgery and are very very happy with you know their sex life and are very sex positive and people online take that as offensive or a sign that you're like illegitimate and there's a lot of infighting even in the community of people saying that. I've I've grown up, it was very damaging to me because I entered the trans community 
and I told people that I wasn't sure I would want bottom surgery. And I had a bunch of fellow trans women telling me I wasn't legitimate, that I'm not trans, and they don't respect me. Uh, I think that that's just absolutely horrible, that we're doing that to ourselves. If we can't come together as a community on the inside, how do we expect to, like, combat people on the outside? That is one of the great problems we have in the LGBTQIA community. I call it eating our young. We uh, tend oh, yeah. to turn on each other and damage each other um, in the community. <coughs> and it's an appalling trait. Um, Nate had another question. Um, is it considered rude to an individual from the LGBTQ uh, community? to ask about their pronouns. Uh, from my po point of view, no. Uh, it's not rude if you ask me uh, my pronouns. Uh, don't have a single bit of problem with that. Spider? I'd say no. I'd just say uh, when you randomly ask, uh, you do what I do and call everybody they them until you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can run into some cis people that get very angry at you. But... Uh, most people yeah. in the LGBTQIA community yeah. are not. 99%, if not 100%, I think, do not care if you ask them. Yeah. Luna? And people that are allies, you know, really are grateful that you do ask because they're like, oh, okay, so then, you know, you're supporting this person too. Yeah. You know. Luna? Um, I was going to say no. I don't, I don't think that's disrespectful at all. I think it's more respectful to do it. I know I've known some trans women love my community, uh, but I've known some trans women who have gotten angry at being asked, and I'm like, listen, I understand and I know, but most of the time when people ask, they're being respectful. Yeah. I would rather you come and tell me or and ask me what my pronouns are. So not to derail, but a little bit of a story. So every time I go to Pride, I get misgendered by everybody because <clears throat> they think I'm a trans guy not a trans woman oh, despite the fact that this year I had a she her pin on my shirt <laughs> oh wow <coughs> I'm like I know it was a handmade pin so maybe my handwriting was bad I don't know but please ask me instead of doing that at pride I'm trying yeah. to enjoy myself yeah. or anywhere just ask and that's the other thing like if you ask then you don't have the chance of misgendering that's right. Oh, yeah. You know, because if you misgender, then A, you feel like an ass, and B, the other person on the other end, you know, feels like, oh, well, did I not pass well today? Yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, yeah. I know I've gone out and I've just not cared about what I've worn, but you know. <laughs> so this will be our final question for the night uh, as we're beginning to run out of time, but... Uh, Ren has a question. Most of a, uh, I'm sorry. What communities do you find crossover well? So, what communities do you identify best with? I, I'm assuming in the LGBTQIA community or just any kind of intersectionality. Um, um I can answer that. Any one kind first. of intersectionality. So, race or gender or anything. Go so ahead. For me. Uh, any feminine groups do not tend to cross well with me for some reason. <laughs> You're saying uh, they're full of turfs? 
just a little bit. You know, I come in and I'm like, oh my gosh, my fellow women, you know, fight for women's rights. Let's go. And they're like, well, who let this, you know, dead gender in here? And I'm like, okay, I'm out. My bad. Enjoy your day. Uh, yeah. Religious groups uh, tend to often not be very uh, accepting. Um, especially in the I South. Have, oh, yeah. especially in the South. You'll see them out. I mean, we can't have a single pride here without having like 50 million people standing outside quoting the Bible. You're right, we can't either. <laughs> and I'm not, in the North. not quite that many, but yes, quite a there's, few. They're, yeah, sitting there, they're sitting there like Samuel Seabury, like singing the Bible at everybody <laughs> as they pass by. Ours has the big megaphones with the big speakers that just like in their. Oh, Lord. I'm like, oh, man. And they have the siren on it, and they're like, Now I feel Um, like singing the song from Hamilton. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Oh, no. Um, uh, You know, people of color, you know, they tend to often be more respectful. Uh, You'll you'll get people that are disrespectful, but, you know, that's just how they are taught. But most people, they they get it. They do. Uh, Men... Basically, any men in the South here, especially, you know, you just forget that. Forget that. Just don't even try. Don't even touch it. It's not worth it. If they are gay or if they do like trans individuals, they're typically on the DL, the down low. Yes. And so they're Very not going to so. treat you well in public. No. It, it's, it, it's, and you know, and I know, I know some of our viewers will like this one, but when it comes to religions, if any religion's going to be more accepting of you, it, it's going to be like it's going to be like if you come up to someone and you ask them what the religion is, and they tell you they're pagan or something, you're like, that's a pretty good bet that they're going to accept you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they if they say Baptist or Nazarene, <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. Sometimes it's like <laughs> run. Sometimes. Sometimes yes. Episcopals, you'll get lucky. Yeah. It's like a 50 50. Yeah. Methodists are the same way, 50 50. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Methodists. Sorry. Yeah. Spider, your intersectionality? Uh, I don't know. Um, weirdly, so this is the thing when you're a trans man and for some reason you pass really well, you don't really have that much of a problem um, unless they find out you're trans. Then you end up with the problem. Uh, so it's one of those things that I, I don't have too much of a problem with people unless they know that I am trans, then it causes issues. Uh, shockingly enough, uh, religious people are the number one thing. Um, I've had a Baptist church up here where the pastor held my arms above my head, telling me to fight him or I wasn't a real man. Um, so it's one of those things that, uh, you know, it's Christianity needs to change to a certain extent. Agreed. You need to learn your stuff, and if your pastor doesn't know it, get them out. I mean, these pastors are preaching false stuff, and I know people don't want to hear that, but for the Bible verses that they keep saying, go to somebody who reads Hebrew. Go to somebody who reads their original languages, not the ones that learned it in school. And the ones that, you know, learned about the Bible and what it is and what it says from school. Learn from the actual people that can actually read and write the language. So, yeah. 
Alright, well we're going to have to do a part two, as we've now discovered, um, because I'm sure there are far more questions and uh, uh, we're just out of time for today. So I want to thank Luna and, and uh, Maximus for being here today. Um, and thank everyone for all of their wonderful questions. It went well tonight with the questions. And uh, we'll do this again. We're also going to be uh, interviewing um, uh, gay individuals, lesbian individuals, bi, uh, bisexual, um, and intersex, and other uh, people in the LGBTQIA community in the same format we did tonight. We did uh, trans individuals first because uh, Spider being our producer, uh, we could kind of set the tone and kind of let people know what to expect. Uh, so if you are a member of the LGBTQIA community and would like to be interviewed on our podcast about your experiences and generally the same type of questions and format we've had tonight, feel free to reach out to Maximus, uh, Spider Max on uh, Facebook, uh, YouNow, and TikTok. Um, you can also uh, message us through our Facebook page at Expanding Your Faith on Facebook.com. Uh, for more uh, information and to uh, schedule a interview with us uh, as well. You can also find information about our podcast at facebook.com forward slash expanding your faith. Yes, Spider. And if you do email me and you are a troll, trust me, I will be finding a way around finding out if you are real or not. That's right. <laughs> so... Um, and you can always find this podcast at anchor.fm forward slash expanding dash your dash faith or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast apps. Thank you all for joining us. And until next week, keep shining bright, my friends, and join us again when we can help expand your faith.